Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate Rugby World Cup quarterfinal preview. I'm going to be joined by a good friend of mine. He's also a rugby writer, sports writer and author. His name is Sibusiso Mjigeliso. Sibu, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Hi, hi, Peter. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to finally be here. It's lovely to have you here as well. Let's begin with the first quarterfinal coming up on Saturday in Marseille, Wales versus Argentina. I think that before the tournament, there were low expectations as far as the Welsh are concerned. How surprising have they been for you? Yeah, look, uh, Wales were actually not not in good nick for the last couple of seasons, in fact, uh, leading up to the World Cup. Obviously, they changed their head coach as well, Wayne Pivak made way for Warren Gatland return from New Zealand, uh, taking up uh, his former post as, as Welsh uh, head coach. So they were in a bit of turmoil, but I think the return of guys like Jordan Moore, who's been out with uh, a long-term injury, um, guys like Dan Bigger, who's also in and out of the team because of, because of injury, has really helped strengthen the Welsh team. And I think what's also helped them is uh, they've been fortified. The Welsh sides have been fortified by being part of the URC where South Africa takes place. And I think that the broader Northern Hemisphere, as you can tell um, from their sort of dominant, dominance of the group stages finishing, you know, Northern Hemisphere teams finished uh, number one uh, in all the groups. So that kind of shows the, where the strength lies in, in, in world rugby at the moment. And I think that trickle-down effect has finally landed with the Welsh side. If we say Wales have been impressive, I think we can similarly say Argentina have not been impressive. How disappointing have they been? Hugely. I mean, I think right up there with one of the most disappointing uh, sides of of the of the competition. I think uh, Argentina are. You know, I think from the from the very onset. Um, they 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 battle to 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 get their game going, their free flowing game going. Uh, they after getting so many wonderful results, they beat New Zealand in New Zealand for the first time in their history. Um, I think over the recent while, it wasn't this year, it was the year before. So they they had a lot of momentum coming into this this tournament. Obviously, good players. Obviously, they're part of the rugby championship, so they get that regular. Um, hard test every single year against New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa. Um, but somehow they just couldn't get it clicking. I, I thought, um, you know, with Michael Checker, you know, at the helm, I think they beat the Wallabies as well in Australia for the first time. Um, Michael Checker getting the better of his old mate, Eddie Jones. I was in this year's rugby championship to pile on even more pressure on Eddie Jones. Uh, funny enough, you know, those guys can relate on how hard it was to coach Australia. Um, but we just we just simply couldn't see it um, as far as Argentina are concerned. I, I honestly I didn't think they would make it this far purely uh, based on on their performances. I thought they were they weren't even going to make uh, the quarterfinals. But but here they are, and they remain a dangerous outfit on their day if they can get it right, you know. And but the jury's still out whether they can get their game going um, on a on a full on basis. Gatland is clearly getting something right. Checker clearly not getting the best out of his players right now. Does that mean we'll have a Wales win in Marseille? Not necessarily. You know, I think teams like um, like Argentina are very, very dangerous. You know, like I can I can remember in two thousand and seven, uh, the Springboks facing Argentina. I think it was in the semi-finals. We had to wait for quite a bit before we put them uh, away. You know. Um, 
people remember that Brian Abana intercept. I think that was the the turning point of the game, but they were never they were never out of the game at 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 any point in time. And I thought, you know, and I think uh, similarly in this game, these two teams are very very sort of evenly matched um, on a uh, on on a knockout sort of platform. Wales obviously come into the the clash with probably the more game this the sort of more game centric form. You know, when you see them play, they kind of understand the way they play. Um, you know, they beat Fiji, a tough outfit. Obviously, they expected to beat Portugal, which they did. They really humiliated Australia. The Wallabies would be shocking in this, probably the most disappointing team of this rugby world cup. Um, so Wales, Wales have been good. Uh, this year they've also beaten uh, England in the Six Nations, I believe. So they they have been good and the performances have been good. So they, you'd you'd probably tip Wales as the as a marginal favourites, but I, I would not I would not rule out Argentina in the knockout game by any stretch of imagination. In fact, this is the kind of game where they they can pull a surprise. Wouldn't surprise me to be honest. Let's move on to Saturday's blockbuster quarterfinal: Ireland versus New Zealand. We know that the Irish have had their number over the last couple of years. They beat them down under uh, last year uh, in a memorable series victory. First time in their history that they had done that. People are describing Ireland as being a complete side, a team that doesn't really have weaknesses and a team that is able to figure out solutions to problems on the field during play. Would you go along with that? Look, I, w- I would say they, they're obviously the world, world number one team at the moment as it stands. So you can't, you can't rule against what they have done. You know, I think they're on um, 16, 15, 16 game winning streak. Um, I think if they win the World Cup, they will beat the, the 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 world record. I think they'll get to about uh, nineteen or twenty uh, wins in a row. So they're definitely the form team um, in the world, and obviously we know what they did in New Zealand. But I do I do see some some weakness in there, you know, um, in the in the in the Welsh side. I know that I know they won't be without Robbie Henshaw for starters um, for this game. Um, I know he hadn't been uh, starting regularly at fullback, um, but you know, just something so, as small as that could, could really upset um, the kind of synergy there. And what I noticed as well when they were playing uh, the the, the Springboks was, sure, Ireland, Ireland won, but um, I did feel that the 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 the, the Springboks kind of let the I don't want to say let them win as if they they, they gave up the, the the contest. It didn't let them win in, in that sense. But the Springboks had so many chances that they could have uh, finished off. It, it it appeared as if you know um, you know Ireland were, were let off the hook by by virtue of the Springboks not taking their chances that they should have taken. So I do see some weakness in that. In that in that in that island team, you know, um, they're not they're not as smooth sailing as many would have you believe. I mean, the Scotland game was a, was a bit of a distortion in terms of Scotland was rank rank poor in that in that encounter. Um, you know, to be twenty six nil down Scotland just at half time is just not what's required of you in a knockout game. So they would have expected so much better of themselves. But I'll hop back. I'll hop back to that to that Springbok game, um, and I 
uh, out thing for me. There's a lot that New Zealand will, will look at in that scrimmage game. And obviously, the All Blacks are far better finishers intrinsically and, and you know, uh, intuitively than, than the Springboks are. And if presented with the same caliber of chance, uh, the All Blacks definitely take those and they score a plenty. Very, very interesting points that you raise there. Let's talk about the All Blacks. I think this is the weakest New Zealand pack that we have seen in the professional era. And that puts them on the back foot because, as we know, it's that old adage in rugby that everything starts up front. What do you say? Look, it's definitely not the strongest New Zealand team even as a whole, you know. Um, it, yes, indeed, the, the, the pack leaves a, a, a lot to be desired. You know, I think there's still a lot of experience in there. I mean, you guys like Dane Coles, um, they're obviously on the other side of their of the line in terms of their prowess. I think guys like Cody Taylor, um, Sam Whitelocks, they can still do something sort of like on their on their day. Um, it will depend as well on the fitness of guys like Shannon Frizzal, um, who was really, really uh, pivotal for them when the All Blacks beat the Springboks actually earlier this year in New Zealand. Shannon Frizzal was, was so dominant um, in that game. But I would, I would agree with you that they're not as physically imposing as as you know some some of the all black packs of the past i mean guys like ethan de Hort, um you know they, they they can do a job you know in the in 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 the front row but they're not really gonna cause um many teams um you know to kind of shrivel uh and and the direct the directness of of an Adi Sevilla that that we saw for many a season you know, you kind of you're missing it, it's, and it's not there. And they kind of seem very desperate to get the ball as as wide as possible, as quickly as possible, which kind of shows a slight panic and a distrust in their fundamentals, which is the link play between the forwards and their backs. I think most of their weaknesses probably come from um, come from the back row, which changes at, uh, almost every single game. You know, I mentioned Ali Sevier at eight. Not not as imposing as it used to be. Shannon Frizzell injured for 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 most games in this World Cup. Dalton Papali very injury prone, um, and they're not knowing you know who's gonna who's gonna play you know in the back. Sam Kane another one very very injury prone. Their captain, you know those those uncertainties um, have definitely impacted you know the synergy that you like to see from a team like New Zealand because in the past you knew. Uh, what the what the New Zealand pack would look like um, from one to eight, um, and then maybe they'll mix it up in the backs. But now you kind of don't know. Um, so so I really think they are up for the taking. Uh, you know, Ireland will definitely won't have that fear factor having won in New Zealand a, a series, not just the game. And I think um, I think Ireland have have probably gotten the most wins against New Zealand of any. Uh, other country uh, in the last five years, so so they're definitely up for this. This is the fixture for them that they wanted. They they this is what they built up for in the last few years. Um, so they'll look at this as this is their prime opportunity um, to make a World Cup semi final for the first time in their history and do it against the mighty All Blacks. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link, I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box, and there will be great benefits for members. Let's get back to the interview. Quick prediction? 
I'll have to say Ireland. I'll have to say Ireland, but I think it will be far closer than that because, you know, New Zealand do, you know, tend to cause a sense of panic, especially when they get on at the attack. I think a kick or two margin, you know, six points will, will be for Ireland. On to Sunday, England versus Fiji. That's the first match. We'll talk about the English first. They topped their pool. A lot of people didn't think that they actually would, especially given their form coming into the tournament. What have you made of them so far? Another team that I feel this this England side is another one where I feel like they're, they're probably the worst iteration. I, I think I think even the, the I could call them even worse than the 2015 team, which didn't even make it out of the group stages in their home tournament. Um, I've not been impressed with England in the in the slightest. Uh, they they beat Argentina in their first game, um, but I think that was due to Argentina's just uh, poor performances, like I mentioned, poor um, sort of acclimatization to to the stage. And and I've just been watching England. I watched them against Samoa. They were incredibly lucky to win that game. Incredibly, incredibly lucky. They've just not convinced me. And and yes, they, they beat Japan and they beat Chile as well along the way. But um I, I I think they are the elephant on the tree waiting to be taken down. I think, you know, Fiji uh woke up quarter final, another team I can, you know, sort of draw from the Springboks experiences, 2007 again in the quarterfinals, ran the Springboks very, very close, took a JP Peterson tackle. Uh, near the touchline, try saving tackle to save South Africa's blushes there. Otherwise, we would be talking two World Cup wins instead of three and knocked out by Fiji. And Fiji are riding the crest of an emotional wave right now, you know. So, very dangerous team as it stands. And and you know what? I don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fiji pull off a victory there. If I'm honest, I would not. Wouldn't be. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Fiji have lit up the tournament, haven't they? Uh, with that great win over the Wallabies. Uh, you could say a near win over Wales, uh, but for some handling errors, I think they could have beaten Wales by 14 points, actually. Uh, what if, uh, what's your take on the uh, Flying Fijians? Well, the Flying Fijians for me have been one of the best watchers of, of the tournament, um, like by far. The way they play the game, the way they spread the ball. Like I said, that emotion... Uh, that emotional factor that comes with uh, every game, every game that they play, um, you know, they just unbelievably spirited, um, spirited team. You know, um, I think there's they're, they're one of those underdogs that you love to back because you know they're gonna give you a good spectacle. They're gonna run it when it's on, even when it's not on. You kind of feel like they still wanna run it. Um and and they just they just fearless. They just there to play their rugby, to enjoy themselves and and you know, um and go as far as they can possibly go um as a team. And the, I do worry that, you know, obviously they they do get into their tackles a bit high. Um and and in this era, you know, that physicality that they possess. Uh, it also poses a danger to one's, you know, numbers at the end of the day because one error, even if it's not malicious um, or has no malevolent intent, you know, could lead lead to a yellow or even a red card. So they they always play on that border, and 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 in a quarterfinal where the pressure is so high, especially on officials, 
Um, I do worry that if they take somebody in the air or uh, a tackle slips from shoulder height to neck and head height, you know, one of their blokes, you know, could 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 see the bin or, or worse. So if they can control their physicality and and not so much rein it in and, and really just put a focus on hitting the player um, sternum and waist high or lower, um, <clears throat> then they'll be fine because their defense has been good. Um, it's just that they love that physicality. They want to go blood and guts into the tackle. And, and at this stage, you really have to be composed in the tackle and, 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 you know, time your moments perfectly because all England need to do is just wait for them to lose their discipline. They'll have a man up and kick their penalties and, and they can win. England don't mind winning that way and they might have to win that way um, to, to progress to the next round because I don't think they have much else going for them in that team. Let's move on to the blockbuster quarterfinal then. Probably from our point of view, it's the blockbuster of the four, but at least it is the case for Sunday. The Irish and the uh, Kiwis might dispute what we're saying here. South Africa, France, it's the defending champions against the host nation. Probably should be the final, but we know the draw was conducted three years before the tournament began, so there is that. Earlier, I asked you to discuss Ireland's strengths and weaknesses. Talk to me about the French strengths and weaknesses. Well, the big French weakness right now is they don't have their, uh, you know, preferred nine and ten. Uh, Romain Tamak was ruled out before the tournament, and uh, Antoine Dupont is is a doubt. He has been, you know, given the license to return by by medics, and I think he will, by hook or crook, he will return for this match despite suffering a cheek fracture. So I think their their major weakness is losing that nine ten combo. I mean that 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 combination is is as good as gold uh, as far as France are concerned because everything ran either through Dupont or on Tamak and and their results um, over the last little while they were they were number one in the world for a little bit now they're second in the world the Springboks are third. They ran everything, and and you look at the Toulouse team that's won the French title, that's won the the, the European Champions Cup as well. Um, that's because of Antoine Dupont and and Romain and Tamak. You know, you, you strip that apart, and suddenly, you know, it's just. I know uh, they, they've got uh, quite a few, quite a few good players in France, Jaminet, uh, and and others. Uh, who, who have deputized in the in the in the fly half position, you know, before, but you you do get the sense that there's the the, the fear factor now is is no longer there. Uh, you're no longer afraid of the French team uh, as much as you would be at full strength. So, in a way, they they are a good team. Um, you know, with, with Jaminet and Jalibet. Matthew Jalibé, who's, who's been starting, and Dupont, they are still a good team uh, capable of getting a result against anyone. But they're not, you know, unbeatable. They're not unstoppable anymore. And teams aren't as afraid of playing them anymore as they would be, you know, if they were playing a full-strength French side. Speaking of the Springboks, uh, something that I'd like to see more from us is the mall. It's one of the great weapons uh, historically uh, for the Springboks and certainly for this team as well. We haven't seen a lot of that. I wonder if it might be strategically so, but now it's a case of do or die. 
I would like to see more mauling in this quarterfinal. Do you think we would see more of that? I think we will. Um, and I think it's going to be on pure necessity. Um, they have tried it. it. It just hasn't worked as effectively as I think it did in Japan. Um, that's the one sort of uh, criticism that I would have of the Springboks is that their morning hasn't been great uh, in the slightest this calendar year. Uh, in fact, you know, <clears throat> when they lost to the All Blacks in New Zealand in the rugby championship, you know, their whole lineup wasn't functioning, you know, properly. And of course, they've lost Mark Marks now. Uh, and of course, going into the 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 the, the competition, um, they, they, there's a lot of so there was a lot of sort of uncertainty in terms of who's going to partner Eben Etzebeth, uh sort of injury problems. Um, and fortunately, they got Arches Neyman as part of the team. So. You know, the, the old, you know, um, type five of the Springboks that we used to, you know, week in, week out, kind of suffered a little bit because of injury um, over this little while. So in terms of mauling, I, I, I don't think they are as strong as they were in Japan uh, for the reasons I've mentioned. But I do think that it's still a weapon of theirs. As long as Bongi Bonambi, obviously, the, the, now the recognized number two hooker, gets his throws, you know, spot on as long as, you know, Eben Etzebeth is in the team showing that leadership, as long as Franco Mostet is there, um, they shouldn't have any trouble marshalling their own lineup against the French, you know, and 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 the French are a very, 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 very competitive side in the in the in the set in the set pieces. So um they, they should nobody should take that for granted in 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 any, you know, sort of slight respect, Cameron Walkie, um, you know, guys like Flament and, you know, you'll excuse me, I don't have the French, the French, uh, the French accent, you know, so, um, so, so guys like that, you know, Francois, Kroll, they'll make it very, very, they'll make it very, very difficult for, for the, for the Springboks to operate um, in the lineout, um, whether it's whether they're driving it up or putting it in the in the in the center or the or the or the back of the lineup, they will compete. Absolutely, and uh, don't worry about the French pronunciations. I'm not particularly good with them either. We and uh, you know, for our international viewers, they don't actually teach French in South African schools, so we get a little bit of a pass on that one, Spoo. Um, something that I'm worried about, uh, as far as South Africa goes, is our execution when we visit the opposition 22. You know, Rassi Rasmus, obviously before Rassi Rasmus spoke, uh, there was a lot of criticism on Marnie Lebok and his goal-kicking success rate, and Rassi was the guy who came out and pointed out that it's not just about kicking, but it's also about overall conversion rate when you're in the 22, for example. So try scoring opportunities that have gone a begging. That is something that has concerned me so far about the Springbok team at the World Cup. I'd be keen to hear what your opinion is. Look, I think that for me, that's been a perennial issue with the, with the Springboks. I was, I was fortunate enough to, to be in Japan when, when the box played uh, the All Blacks in the first game in Yokohama, uh, the one they lost, the only game they lost during during that tournament. And, you know, that day, you feel, you'll feel as if that they they just, they couldn't, you know, get get the ball over the line, you know, for, for, for all money, you know. Um, 
And it was just one of those things where it was exasperating watching them throw away chance after chance after chance. And this has been a kind of sort of issue in losses to the All Blacks at home, you know, in the victories uh, where we beat the All Blacks in Bobella. Um, we took almost every chance. Uh, I was fortunate again to be there in Bombella, you know, and, and watch them kind of tear the All Blacks apart. The following week at Ellis Park, same team, same almost everything, and and couldn't take our chances and, and got punished, you know. So this is just the, the consistent problem that the Springboks have is that they have no issue getting themselves into these good positions. It's that clinical mentality, that killer instinct that often lacks. You know, a really little pass will go astray, um, a kick will go straight into touch, a bad decision whether to chip kick or whether to pass. You have a, a three-on-two overlap and somehow not end up in a trial. I saw so many of those moments against Ireland, like I mentioned earlier as well. So I think, you know, maybe having someone like Lukanyu Am back in will help with that, you know, I think he's the kind of player that if fit, he needs to come into the team. You know, he has played rugby this year, so it's, it's not like he hasn't uh, played any rugby, played against the All Blacks, played against Argentina away um, during which he got injured. Then, of course, didn't make the World Cup squad until Makazola Mapimpi's injury uh, opened that window for him to return. And I think if he comes back, he's one of those instantaneously um, he's attuned to the game plan. And of course, we know his creative output, but he also helps us in defense as well um, in terms of calling numbers, in terms of aligning the defense, making sure that we're covered on either side. And and I think for me, um, we need calm heads uh, in a match like this against France. You know, the referee, Ben O'Keefe, will be under pressure from the French crowd. Everything's going to be nitpicked. You need as many experienced calm heads as possible, and I think Luka in your arm is going to be very, very critical in that um, come, come Sunday evening. Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program, toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. Okay, Sabu, we got the host nation. I, I think in any sport, just generically speaking, you do not want to face the host nation in a World Cup knockout match. So the, you've got that element. But then on the other side of it, South Africa have only ever lost to Australia and New Zealand in Rugby World Cup knockout matches, and the Wallabies aren't in this tournament anymore. What is going to happen on Sunday? So South Africa have never lost to a host nation. Um, in a knockout game. They beat England uh, in 99 and they beat Japan in 2019. So, you know, as far as the host nation jinx is concerned, I hope I haven't jinxed it um, going into this game. Um, but the Springboks are the team that no other country wants to face at the World Cup at any stage of the tournament because we are, you know, sort of the team that's known for turning it on uh, come World Cup time. Everything that precedes the four years is kind of irrelevant. As long as you're facing the spring box, <clears throat> excuse me, you always have to be at your best. Um, you know, I think even in our worst, in our worst years, if you look at 2003, 
um, you know, facing the All Blacks. I think there were very, there's still kind of very few teams that would have knocked this out. Obviously, the All Blacks were 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 the juggernaut they are, and obviously England and Australia who made the final. But I, I, other than that, if we had gotten the kind of draw, I think we would have made the semifinals. And who knows, who knows what would, would have happened from there. In 2011, you mentioned the Wallabies knocking us out. I mean. You know, we know exactly, you know, who was the biggest factor there. <laughs> you know, I don't want to bring up the B word again, you know. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that the, 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 and in 2015, you know, the All Blacks, you know, they had their greatest All Black team of all time, back to back champions. And they only beat the Springboks by only three points in 2015 in that semi final. So that, that just goes to show you that. The, the the Springboks are very, very tough not to crack um, come World Cup time. And if you have back to 2019, nobody gave us a chance of winning that tournament. Going into the final, England had just destroyed the All Blacks. And, and in England, they were probably printing shirts calling themselves World Cup winners before facing the Springboks, who had just edged Wales um, like 18, 12 or something, very close to that, um, just off the boot of Andre Pollard. So they probably felt, oh, we have this in the bag. What did we do in the final? Rip them to shreds, you know. So France will be on guard. The French crowd will be on guard, definitely. Last year, when France played the Springboks, also the Springboks, in fact, the Springboks went down to, to 15 uh, players um, because Peter Steph was red-carded. And it was a close game. Right to the very end, the Springboks were never out of that game. And you kind of felt that, you know, if they hadn't suffered that red card, which Peter Steff does seem to slip before, you know, making, um, you know, uh, uh, contact with a, with a French player, illegal contact with a French player on the ground, high shoulder to head. Like I said, in this day and era, those are punishable by yellow, red. If he doesn't slip in that moment, there's another player that pushes it. Maybe he doesn't fall over and cause that dangerous uh, situation, and he's on the field. And I think the Springboks really give a good account of themselves from there. And I think in terms of the way the Springboks have also evolved their game, bring players like Curly Aronson, uh to partner Cheslin Colby, and then have Damien Willems at the back. Just look at just how dangerous they are now, as opposed to the very sort of conservative nature of the Springboks we know of the past. And then you look at the fly half they have in Manili Park. And if I'm his back, then you start to really see this Springbok backline. If the pack can can give them the platform, you start to look at this backline and think, you know what, guys, we're gonna be in trouble here if these guys find space in the clinical and and they get their game going. Because if we get the physicality going up front, we have the wheels at the back um, to really really hurt teams. Um, I think in terms of the French threat. Uh, Damien Pino is is probably the most dangerous. He's an out and out finisher, classy finisher. I think Thomas Ramos, in terms of his kicking and composure in front of goal, something we lack. Uh, bar Henry Pollard, and we still don't, you know, unclear who's going to take the kicks, uh, uh, considering Manny Lebox struggles. Um, so I'd say for them, they'll go. Thomas Ramos will keep them in the game, and and Damien Pino, if he gets a chance, will definitely, you know look to finish nine times out of ten. So so the French will definitely give as good a, as good as the Springboks give them. It's going to be a fascinating battle, and I'm looking forward to it. Smoo, let me say it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby today. An absolute pleasure. Please come and visit us again. 
No, it's an absolute pleasure. And I hope to be with you again, Pete.